0: Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems adopt technologies. I am your host, Tyasha Zaitz, and this is the second part of a short series about digital health in Asia, through which I am presenting digital health adoption in China, India, Singapore and South Korea. In the previous episode, you could listen about the general overview of the region with Julian DeSaliberry, CEO and founder of Ganon Growth Asia. And today you will be listening about China. China's population is larger than the population of the US and Europe combined. China is becoming the leader in AI development. The enabling factor for China's rapid advancement in AI is that the Chinese tech giants and government agencies are investing heavily in the most important field for AI development, data infrastructures. In healthcare, for example, the company called Y2 has a team of about 400 doctors, most of whom work part-time for about 10 hours a week to help label data. One-fifth of the healthcare teams, full-time employees, have a medical background. According to Philips Future Health Index 2019, China is also an outlier in terms of healthcare professionals encouraging their patients to track healthcare data. With the rapid pace of development, all eyes from the West are on China. In his book, AI Superpowers, Kaifu Li describes Chinese entrepreneurs as gladiators, willing to do anything for the financial and market success of their companies. I was wondering, what are the cultural differences of Chinese compared to the Western entrepreneurs? Why is copying so culturally acceptable? And do we have a reason to be afraid of the intimidating speed of innovation in China? You will hear from Julie Wang. Julie is the VP of customer success at LinkedCare, a leading digital platform in Asia, offering a range of diverse products and services, including the cloud-based electronic health records platform, clinics management system, and supply chain management solutions. Enjoy the discussion and do subscribe to the podcast to be notified when the next episodes about India, Singapore, and South Korea are going to come out. Julie, hi. I wanted to start with a little bit uh, more of a broad question. And that is, what is the relation between the Western and the Chinese medicine? And how does that fit into digital health? How do these three things intertwine?
1: My observation of digital health in in China is that it's uh, definitely a very quickly evolving field. In particular, because of the rapid adoption of mobile phones and a lot more digital technology in China, so and, and you know, comparing it with other Western countries, I think it is definitely being adopted at a higher rate in the healthcare field. But of course, I think because the general the level of the health service is comparatively lower than the Western countries uh, that I've I've been and observed. Um, so I think it, it's catching up in healthcare services in general, but also being uh, powered by uh, a faster adoption rate of digital technology uh, in China.
0: A lot of experts about the Chinese market emphasize that Chinese consumers differ a lot from the Western consumers. What's your observation? You already mentioned that the uptake of mobile services is different than from the West.
1: I think if you see the success of of D.D. compared with uh, failure of, of Uber in China, you see that uh, the Chinese market are behaving uh, differently with Western uh, markets, and especially with regards to how users use digital technology overall. I would say... Um, Consumers in China are more open to new technology solutions. For example, um, if, if, you, if you see how the younger generation are using WeChat. They're basically using WeChat for all kinds of purposes, including shopping, bank transfer, and even a lot more recently, uh, you know, paying their utility bills uh, and a lot of other uh, related um, activities on WeChat. And with the rapid expansion of WeChat's mini programs, a lot more can be achieved uh, actually on the WeChat platform. So I think it's uh, it's a combination of how uh, the mobile Giants are evolving in the market, and also I think the markets, especially the younger generation, are more open to adopting newer and faster and more convenient ways of doing things. I lived in Silicon Valley as well, so I know that uh, compared with the Chinese markets, the younger generation, U.S. consumers and, uh, and a lot more European consumers are not as open as Chinese consumers, especially with regards to things that are privacy-related and data-related.
0: It's a little bit hard to imagine what are the basic values of consumers in China. The future health index report by Philips, for example, says that uh, the Chinese doctors are an, an outliers in the sense that they encourage uh, Chinese to, um, record a lot of data about themselves to track uh, their health um, and uh, the consumers there are open to do that as well. And um, even if you look at the development of surveillance technologies and the how AI is developing in China due to the rapid increase in uh, data gathering, it seems that the Chinese consumers are very open to uh, gathering data and sharing privacy information um, if it brings convenience.
1: There's no hard data to actually prove that Chinese uh, consumers are more open and more willing to give up their data privacy for convenience. But I think your observation is is probably right in the sense that uh, the Chinese uh, consumers do not talk much about data privacy. It probably does not mean that they don't care internally, uh, deep in, the, in their in their uh their, in their mind. But uh, I think they definitely require a lot more of. Privacy privacy compared with with data privacy. And more specifically in digital health and healthcare, good uh, health service is very rare resource in China because of the population. So if you look at the doctor to population ratio, good quality health service is a very rare resource. Uh, So compared with uh, data privacy, people care much more about getting a better quality of health service. Uh, So if you imagine uh, consumers purchasing health monitoring trackers, for example, they value the benefits uh, that are brought by the tracker a lot more uh, than they care about their data privacy. So I think it's, uh, again, a result of the population and the current level of our health service in China.
0: Uh, what would you say is the percentage of the population that actually uses digital health solutions? Because uh, China is almost impossible to imagine in terms of size. The sheer number of people exceeds the number of people in Europe and the US combined. And it's kind of hard to grasp that it's really a huge market. So I'm wondering how diversified is it?
1: There are quite a few different sets of numbers that are available in, in the market assessment right now. Um, there are, there are a couple of numbers that I can share that I think are uh, probably reflecting the true behaviors of users. Uh, there is one number by BCG, um, calculated back in 2015. The estimate of market size by 2020, uh, back then by BCG was basically uh, 700 billion RMB, which is uh, roughly 100 billion uh, euro uh, or US dollars. So that's that's actually a very large number. Um, and the other, other number that was prevalent in the market estimate uh, was the number of users. And uh, back in 2017, the number was already around 150 million users. And by now, I would imagine the number to be around 200 uh, million users. And that's uh, about maybe 15% of our population. Uh, But I think that their behavior uh, is is definitely uh, very different. So I would imagine a very small percentage of users actually pay with their QR code for health service and a lot more percentage of users only maybe check for their bookings um or appointments uh at uh, at health services. So the, the uh user behavior I think vary across uh different cities and, and different um age groups uh but the, the overall number uh was estimated to be around two hundred million people in China.
0: One thing that is very culturally acceptable in China is copying. Kai Fu Li explains in the AI Superpowers book that Chinese don't just make copies of the ideas they see on the West, but copy them in a way that it's hard to compete with the Chinese versions. So for example, Tuja, the Chinese uh, copy of Airbnb, has local managers taking care of check-ins and check-outs and the authenticity of photos that the lenders want to post on the platform. And um, further on, what this tells you that the Silicon Valley takes a light approach in their innovation, whereas the Chinese take a heavy approach, meaning that if Google is trying to win the market with one solution with little iterations on different markets, Alibaba and Tencent uh, are investing heavily in local startups. How does that reflect uh, in in digital health? What are the solutions? Tencent also is entering healthcare.
1: Just to start uh, with the the copying problem uh, that we've seen in the past and until now, you know, it's it's still a problem. I think we should face the problem that uh, there is IP theft um, and it needs to be um, addressed uh, gradually and and uh, you know taken seriously by uh, but everyone, but I, I don't agree that, um, copying is very culturally ex- acceptable in China. I would say that Chinese learn very quickly from other people, including business models and, and how uh, ideas are generated. Gradually they learn and then they also create their own ideas. For example, uh, previously, as, as I mentioned, we chat mini programs are created by the Chinese people for Chinese market. So I think, you know, copying, uh, as I said, as as part of the learning uh, process is very much observed in a Chinese market. But, you know, as time goes by and, and we learn and evolve, uh, there are new ideas emerging as well. With regards to digital health, um, I would say, a lot of digital health startups tried to copy ideas, business models, and even how things are done from Western countries, including European countries and the US. But things are very different in China, including the health entire health system and how it's designed. I think the largest factor in China is the population. So the size of the population basically determined a lot of things cannot be done the same way as in Western countries. Um, so although a lot of people try to learn and to some extent copy from Western countries. I think they need to adapt to local markets. One specific example that you also mentioned um, is WeChat Health. WeChat Health uh, right now is given a very high priority by Tencent internally and also uh, highly expected by a lot of external participants and partners. Um, Essentially, they're trying to uh, link up the entire healthcare uh, ecosystem services. One of amazing products they've done recently is to create a mini program that allow patients to basically search for certain disease and learn and educate themselves about the symptoms and how to prevent them in their daily lives. So I think it combines its uh, social media users a large base of their entire users and use a very simple way, uh, and a very, uh, easy learn, learning uh, in- interface to help their users to become healthier over time. And that is basically not observed in other countries. So I think in terms of how innovations are done, specifically in digital health in China, a lot of uh, the innovations you will observe and already observed.
0: Uh, are new and novel. How would you say uh, similar companies to the West uh, um, compare? So, for example, Illumina and BGI on the genomic uh, side. Uh, can you make any other parallels of Chinese versus Western companies? Uh,
1: because we've been talking about WeChat for for quite uh, quite quite a bit already. So I'll just start with beyond digital health. WeChat versus Facebook. When WeChat started, a lot of people are criticizing WeChat of uh, basically copying uh, Facebook and Facebook Messenger. But uh, over time, they saw that WeChat is evolving in a completely different manner. So Facebook is creating a, a more of a public community for people to share and communicate. But WeChat is more of a a close loop of of friends, so we know each other uh, on WeChat. Our WeChat friends are actually friends in our daily lives as well. Um, so over time, it, it evolved in in totally different. Uh, different ways and allowed po- different kinds of possibilities, and and digital health more specifically. I would say um, your example of BGI versus Illumina is, is a great example. I think Illumina is more of R and D focused a company and invests a, a large amount of money in R and D and essentially license out their their patents globally. Uh, BGI, on the other hand, I think. It, it's more of a service-oriented company. It does invest in R&D, but because it serves a large country with a relatively lower level of health services, so its, it's income actually comes a lot more from services and uh, not as much uh, from licensing out their, their patents. That... Parallels apply to a lot more other digital health companies as well in China. I think a lot more are service oriented and a lot less uh, investment in R and D. So it's a lot more focused on services and uh, a lot less
0: focus on R and D. Asian countries are marked by the increase in connectivity and 5G spreading, among other things. What would you say, in terms of digital health, um, all this connectivity is bringing? Is it bringing more convenience to the uh, higher-end users so they can access their doctors more, more conveniently and faster, Or to which extent does it actually increases the accessibility to healthcare professionals? One of the problems that China has is that uh, the distribution of the uh, quality or levels of education doctors have varies a lot. So a lot of consumers tend to uh, migrate towards larger cities where they feel that the uh, care is uh, of higher quality.
1: It, it's, it's um, related to a very hot topic in, in China, uh, in. And recent years, which is primary care. I think it's definitely um, a, a hot topic uh, globally as well. I think when we talk about primary care, one of the problems in China is as exactly as you mentioned, it's a, a large country and a lot of people live uh, in rural areas as well as what we call tier 3 and tier 4 and even tier 5 cities. Um, where healthcare resources, uh, including doctors, hospitals, and other related resources are, are significantly, uh, of poor quality compared with tier one cities. Overall, I would say because of the ability of people, uh, and, and their education level, right now, what we observe, uh, is still that um, digital health is benefiting people who are already in the tier one cities. So people who are more educated and know exactly, you know, how to make uh, bookings and how to track their uh, health record through digital apps, um, how to make their uh, insurance claims more efficiently through their insurance apps. Um, and that's not a capability that tier four and tier five and rural area population are naturally capable of doing. But I think another trend that we see is that a lot more uh, what we think are of higher quality services um, are expanding into tier four, and tier five and rural areas because of better logistics services and dig- digitalization uh, across China. Uh, So I think, uh, you know, currently I I do uh, agree that it is benefiting people who are already having better uh, health services. But um, uh, gradually, I think as it expands, um, more and more people in uh, other areas in China will benefit eventually
0: what would you say is the reason that the uptake of uh, digital technologies and smartphones and mobile first approaches uh, is so successful in uh, the in china specifically uh, compared to the west because for example the, the western population also uses smartphones but it's uh, hard to imagine that the western countries would uh, become cashless economies as the asian countries are uh, shifting towards
1: I think there are uh, there are two reasons one is more uh, as you um, mentioned in your question I think more culturally related the other one is I think more related to uh, to the uh, uh, era and, and time we live in. One of the cultural differences my Western friends don't naturally understand is how uh, what, we, what we call hardworking the Asians are. They hear a lot of stories about how Asians work very hard and prepare very hard for exams, you know, starting from very early age. Uh, I think that's reflecting how competitive the market is and how hardworking they are naturally because of the population. So I think Asians overall, and especially I think Chinese are very hardworking, so they try very hard to obtain and learn and um, evolve uh, and adopt new technology. And that's, you know, I think culturally, uh, cultural reason behind the rapid uh, adoption of new technology and especially mobile technology. The other reason I think is very important and often discussed is the time we live in because asians and the chinese uh were already behind uh in the digitalization process so when we started digitalization roughly in, in i think 1990s and, and more broadly uh nationally and in 2000s we are already in the mobile age so we skipped basically um the uh, credit card age and the email age the desktop age and directly into mobile age mobile phones were replacing paper and, and letters, debit card or even cash. That uh, resulted in a faster adoption rate of mobile technology and mobile payment and and both eventually mobile phones. If you see you know how amazing uh, mobile technology and especially I think mobile payment is, in China, you will see that even, uh, paper stands are using QR code to uh, collect their payments. Before that, they were using cash. Uh, but I think compared with Western countries, uh, mobile payments were trying to replace credit card, which are already very efficient and, and, uh, I think very easy to use. Uh, so I think there are two reasons. One is Asians, I think, are natural learners who want to obtain faster, more efficient, more advanced technology. And the other one uh, was that we were indeed replacing a more uh, outdated technology of doing things.
0: It was a good opportunity to leapfrog when new technologies were already available and incumbent systems that are uh, hard to replace weren't in place, I guess. One thing that I thought was an interesting comparison uh, by Kai Fuli in the book that I mentioned, AI superpowers, was that he said that if you compared the Chinese entrepreneurs and the Silicon Valley entrepreneurs. And, you know, for the West, Silicon Valley is a synonym for hardworking innovators driven by their missions uh, to improve the world. But uh, the Chinese competitors are gladiators, you know, so just the word itself tells you that um, they are a serious competition just uh, from the cultural approach they have towards business.
1: Right. I think Chinese are known to be very hardworking and competitive. Uh, so I think that's a vantage. But I, I do believe that as this generation become more mature and our current technology evolves, perception of Chinese to be hardworking will eventually become that Chinese are actually innovative. But it, it probably take a couple of decades to achieve there.
0: One area that China is especially strong in is also artificial intelligence. Uh, As I mentioned before, uh, the development here is possible because of the rapid increase in data gathering, which is a basic component of AI development. And uh, in the healthcare arena, one AI company that is entering uh, healthcare is E2. Uh, they also published the first natural language processing in healthcare article in Nature in March. And one thing that I thought was really interesting is that uh, they have a team of 400 doctors, uh, most of whom work part time for about 10 hours a week to help label the data, while one fifth of the full time employees have a medical background. That to me was really interesting because uh, to have good AI algorithms, you also need to have good data sets. And one problem in healthcare is that the data is not uh, standardized. Uh, Each clinic or each doctor has his own way of describing things. uh, And uh, we know that interoperability is a huge issue. So Y2 has an interesting approach to tackle that.
1: Right. I think um, AI plus healthcare is definitely one of the hottest, if uh, if not more, in the recent years. And healthcare, and especially diagnostic area, is one of uh, the most important application areas of AI. That's why uh, E2, as you mentioned, and also a lot more technology giants, including Tencent, Alibaba, and and Vaidu are investing in this area as well. I think if you look at the adoption rate, a lot of companies AI plus healthcare services have already gained initial success with regards to their partnerships. Uh, with, with hospitals, those solutions are usually used in helping doctors, uh, diagnose very sophisticated cancers and, and other disease. But still, as I, as I said, um, those are only in pilot stage. Um, I haven't seen any company in this field achieving, uh, success at a national level or expanding very quickly into hospitals. So their solutions are right now still in pilot stage one of the dilemmas and difficulties uh, across the globe and also in China is I think the ethical problem. Uh, whether AI is indeed a legal uh, way of and, and part of the health service, can it be used uh, as the way that doctors are uh, in terms of diagnostics uh, and giving uh, pre- prescriptions eventually? So that's one of the difficulties that we also face in China. Uh, but uh, because of the population and the data that is available in China, a lot of companies are trying to use your AI technology to do something in the healthcare space. Still, I think it's a very early stage. Healthcare digitalization is still the main focus of digital health. You know, how to track data, link up doctors, patients. Uh, and other partners in the healthcare ecosystem. That is, I think, the main stage. Uh, AI plus healthcare, I think, is still very far away and still in pilot stage.
0: So in practice, if you go to the doctor, uh, how does that look like? Is everything still on paper? How digitized are uh, doctor's offices and h- hospitals? Do you have to carry your exams with you when transferring from one institution to another?
1: There are two parts of the entire um, health system in China. There is the public health system, which takes... A significant percentage of the entire health service. There is also private-owned health service that takes a small percentage of the entire health system. So, if you if we talk about the public health system, I would say data is very much fragmented. Again, China is a large country, so if you visit you know one hospital this time and go to another hospital the other time, likely your past. Health records are not recorded as sufficiently as you would wish. Very basic information is recorded, but not every piece of your, your past, um, past record is recorded in the, in the public system. In the private space, if you go to a a chain clinic, likely your, your patient record is, uh, very sufficiently recorded. But that's, uh, you know, a baseline, which clinic chain you visit and what kind of membership you, you have. I think in the, in the public health system, because it takes a large percentage of the entire, um, health system, the problem is still that public hospitals do not have much incentive to align, uh, in terms of what kind of IT system they use. How do they record their, uh, patient data and, and how to actually share data? That is a massive project for every country. The good news is a lot more doctors are right now recording actually on computers. Um, 10 years ago or even five years ago, a a lot of doctors actually, uh, you know, writing on on paper. But now it's a hard requirement uh, by the government that they need to actually input data uh, into the system. So I think it's a very gradual process. Right now, we can only count on the data to be electronically uh, recorded. I think if you are looking at how overall the data is transferred across different hospitals, I, I think it will still will take maybe three to five years, if not if not more.
0: Which countries is the company that you're working for currently present?
1: So the company I, I recently joined um, is called link to care um, It's a SaaS platform that uh, is created for... Uh, uh clinics uh, specifically I think for dental clinics and primary care uh, clinics it has a couple of uh, target countries but, uh, but mostly I think Chinese uh, Chinese market uh, uh, and also a greater Chinese markets um, so Korea Japan uh, Taiwan uh, Hong Kong are also our target markets
0: as well As a customer relations specialist, would you say that there are any differences among the consumers in the mentioned countries?
1: I think the major difference across these countries
0: is the level
1: of digitalization and the mindset towards uh, digitalization. I think the Chinese customers that we have are more open to changing their uh, past behaviors. The uh, Hong Kong-based customers uh, and also Korean-based customers that we work with are less open to uh, to their um, digitalization process. So I, I think it it is very similar to what we discussed uh, about the differences between Chinese consumers and Western consumers. That's one of the differences that we've seen.
0: Do you have any predictions of where the Chinese healthcare is going to be due to all the pilot projects and all the digitization that's rapidly evolving?
1: I I think there are multiple levels of digitalization across countries. So if you look at the highest level of digitalization, I'm sure that you've seen it in the news as well, that we have an entire hospital built uh, based on five g technology you know from uh, patient appointment to uh a doctor's uh prescription and and to when you pick up your medicine, the entire process is very much just digitalized and powered by five g technology. Those are usually solutions built for new hospitals. But if you look at, you know, the the bottom group of digitalization, we're still looking at, you know, how do we transform the doctors from writing on paper to actually writing and, and putting data into the system. I think in five years' time, we will see China having probably the most advanced hospitals globally, powered by 5G, and everything is digitalized. You know, every process is uh, digitalized. But I think in five years' time, uh, in rural areas, there will be a large percentage of uh, hospitals, we're still working on transforming their uh, your, their user habits. Overall, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the digitalization process. Um, I think we'll see mobile appointment, mobile payment, and even mobile health records for a large percentage of, of Chinese population in five years time. Two extremes remain remain the same
0: in five years as well. One last question. What would you say the West can learn from the Chinese entrepreneurs when it comes to digital health?
1: One of the good things that I've seen in, in the market, and also, you know, me personally learning from our CEO who has more than 20 years of experience in healthcare, is to work with the government. I think Western entrepreneurs, because of their natural, I wouldn't say uh, hostility, but I think they don't naturally think about working with government as one of the necessary steps towards success uh, in this field. Uh, but I think if you look at the healthcare industry, government actually plays a very important role Not only the uh, national level, but also, you know, at the local level, government plays a very important role in the entire industry and how you define uh, your business processes and their, uh, your go to market approach. I think Chinese entrepreneurs in the digital health space are more open to working with governments and they have more sophisticated strategy of how they actually work with the governments and navigate the difficulties and complexity in the healthcare system. I think that's one of the things the Western entrepreneurs could potentially learn and then don't, you know, from a mindset level, don't avoid working with the government when they think about their strategy and their go-to market plan.
0: This was the second part of the short series about digital health in Asia. In the next episode, you will get to know the state of healthcare in India.